Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella, so go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is episode number 201. The thank God 23 is over and 2024 is going to be our year for sure because we finally have our franchise QB and we're definitely bringing back the king back and Rabel stays forever of Sodes. Now I should point out that so title was submitted to us on January 3rd. And we all know oh. what happened six days later. That one comes via Tim the Titans fan at Tim the Titans fan on Twitter. Now, I will also point out this. Tim the Titans fan also tweeted at us uh, that we uh, forgot to get to in previous uh, sodes um, this year. But he said, my New Year's resolution is to beat at Shrike 113, which if you're a listener of this podcast, you know that is Elton English, for Titan Up Podcast Tupper of the Year in 2024. Okay. Just remember, fo- folks, if you keep your goals manageable, you have a 100% chance of feeling successful at the end of the year. No truer <laughs> words could have been spoken. Honestly, the Tupper of the Year is back up for grabs as Eldon secured it in May of last year after putting mayonnaise in his margarita to celebrate Will Levis being a Tennessee Titan. Um, but the it's a new year. New year, new us. New year, new Tup, I should say. So if you we're looking for that Tupper of the Year, Tim the Titans fan, very well could be you. You know, you're already providing us with a so title. I think that's a good start. And uh, and if that's your New Year's resolution, look, if you believe it, you can achieve it, right? Yeah, absolutely. I like that he's hungry for it, too. You know, it's good to have some competition at the top. And, yeah. you know, Eldon put up a, a master class in Tupper of the Year last year. Cinco de, de, de Mayo really brought it home for him. <laughs> right. We'll see who the Titans draft and, and what condiments these new draft picks will be um, obsessed with. So, Tim, the Titans fan, hopefully uh, you get a shot at this thing on yeah, and maybe avoid the mayonnaise this year, but who knows? You could find uh, barbecue sauce. You never know who you end up drafting. Look, it, like it, it's this is not an award that you have to wait till December to find out the winner. This thing can be locked up ASAP. Like it's very possible. So if you're a good Tupper, and you know, like I, I feel like it's very attainable. And to to your point, you're right. This is a very manageable goal. Like this is a very is a goal anyone can accomplish. Okay, it doesn't doesn't take much to become our Tupper of the Year. So Tim the Titans fan, I believe in you. Do you believe enough in yourself to get it done? We'll see. Uh, this is our coaching sewed. Co- wait, hang on. Coaching search sewed. Basically, so Jack and I are going to give you our list of candidates that we think uh, the Titans should go after, whether or not they already have. We'll reveal that as well. And uh, and then list the guys that they should just absolutely stay away from. Um, but if you are into the coaching search talk and you don't want to be bogged down with DVOA and and advanced analytics that will bore the absolute crap out of you and you just want a couple of dudes, dudes talking coaches in the NFL. Hey, you came to the right spot, my friends. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Leave us a four and a half star rating and to the Titan Up Idiots and a 0.5 star rating to Buck. But before we get into all of that, we first got to get a word from our friends at Relax the Back. 
Go check out Relax the Back if you're having back issues, posture issues, insomnia, whatever uncomfortable. No, no, no. Let me start over again. Okay. The Relax the Back team sets out every day to help people in the Nashville area work better, live better, and feel better. If you're like me and you struggle with insomnia and posture issues, trust me when I tell you that this is the place for you. They've got a variety of chairs to combat neck and back pain for those of us who are sitting all day at work. They've got X chairs, zero gravity chairs, massage chairs. They've got a foot massager machine. They've got sleep technology such as Technogel and Tempur-Pedic pillows and mattresses to make sure you're getting those eight hours you need. Every single night, you're going to wake up and feel effective after you stop in at Relax the Back. So go check them out at 2020 Glenico Road in Nashville, Tennessee, right next to Hillsborough High School. If you're not in Middle Tennessee and you still want to check out their amazing showroom, you can do so online at stores.relaxtheback.com slash Nashville and start feeling better today. When you go in, make sure to tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. And with all that said, let's talk Titan. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Tighten Up Podcast. Today is January Henry. Should we still say January Henry? January Henry, 17, 2023. And while I know Nashville was hit with a lot of snow, I too am going through it in Chicago. It is a cold, cold day. And I don't just mean outside. Uh, apparently there's some heating issues within my house and, uh, my pipes froze and I am basically just living a, uh, it, it is, I, I want to call it a living hell, but I feel like hell is a hot place. So I, I feel like the, it, it's not that, um, I feel like I am living on the planet of Hoth for, for all you Star Wars nerds out there. Um, it is just, it is terrible terrible and I, I i hate everything i'm going through so jack and i are going to keep this so short um so i can get back into some warmth and under a blanket yeah and what a snow we had in nashville on monday and i know it's even heavier up there in chicago like every single day of the week um but austin actually told me that he's playing in 43 degree weather at his house there was a moment this weekend where his house temperature dropped to 43 degrees you know what that is that's two attack of Iloa's worst nightmare. Uh, if you yeah. can perform, <laughs> if you can perform on this episode in cold weather, two two is going to have yeah. to step up eventually in his career. Yeah, you know how they say like what the Bills were uh, supposed to play through before they moved the game back a day. What the Bills were like, they they everyone says, oh, that's football weather. Well, to me, when it's forty three degrees inside your house, it's podcasting weather. Oh right? yes. So buckle your chin straps and let's freaking go to town. And let's go to town with the candidates for the Tennessee Titans head coach. Now, with all this said, I feel like with us giving out our full list of guys that we would like to see as the next Titans head coach, I feel like this means the Titans are going to hire someone that we don't even name, and they're going to do it tonight (laughs) while we're editing this episode before we put it out. For tomorrow morning that that's what I feel like is going to happen well they're casting a wide net Austin 10 dudes have already been brought in and you know the, the list seems to continue to grow as the latest name on the list is Thomas Brown from the Panthers who they requested an interview with on Monday so I, I mean even while this podcast is being recorded there could be another guy that they bring in I like that they're casting a wide net 
Ten Yo, guys. Yes. Hopefully the right one's in there. And you know what? The way these coaching searches work, usually there's going to be about two or three right guys in this in this group of ten. Now, can the Titans find somebody that fits what they need to move forward, you know, on the offensive side of the ball in this search? We'll see. There's a defensive guy or a couple of guys that I think a lot of uh, folks are really interested in. And uh, it's going to be really interesting to see kind of which direction Amy in this in this search takes this thing. Yeah, leave no stone unturned. Uh, unlike the offensive coordinator search last year, um, I feel like uh, that was just like, yeah, we kind of know who we're going to hire and we're not going to really talk to anyone else about the job, <laughs> especially considering the fact that like a guy like Eric Bieniemy did not even get an interview uh, for the Titans OC job. So um, I'm hoping, look, I'd much rather them interview anyone and everyone rather than just a handful of guys before making their decision. Um, I do think the Titans have a leg up in the, in the sense that they already have their general manager um, set. I know a lot of people were off put by Rand Carthon's um, presser, um, which we didn't get a chance to talk to because it happened the day after our, or the day our podcast dropped last week. But a lot of people were upset with Rand Carthon not giving answers and for Amy Adams, not, you know, facing the media and, I've kind of been a firm believer of like, why, why do they necessarily owe us that at least right now? Um, because well, Rand, like, you know, people are upset that Rand did not give off his list of qualities that he's looking for in the next head coach. He's like, we're going to keep that in house to me. I, why would you reveal the, the cheat sheet to prospective employers uh, of what you're looking for before they even take the test? If that makes sense, like, yeah. why would you tell prospective employers what you're looking for without letting employers come in and tell you what they can do for you? I, I think that's I think that's smart business. I don't think they I, I don't think that they necessarily needed to reveal that. And then on the fact of like Amy Adams not meeting with the media, why would an owner need to meet with the media? I mean, I thought the video she did with Mike Keith was was fine. And I thought it it gave an insight as to why the decision was made. And. Amy has not made a move. We talked about it last week on the pod. Amy has not made a move yet that has hindered this franchise. Every move she has made has progressed the franchise and taken the next step forward. So why would we feel any different about this move uh, with the firing of Mike Vrabel? Look, I loved Mike Vrabel as much as anyone. I know I was very critical of him over those last 25 games, rightfully so in my opinion. Um, but I, if he was coming back next year, in fact, I kind of, I told myself he's coming back. Like I, 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 I said, okay, he's coming back next year. I was all on board with him getting another year. Um, but on a very short leash, if the season started off slow. So I, I feel like let's kind of let this play out before we start, you know, drawing our pitchforks and marching up the hill to Amy Adams drunk house. Um, which, by the way, it's all the way down in Houston anyway, so I don't know why you'd want to make that uh, hike. But I like let's 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 kind of like let's kind of I, look, I understand Titans fans are upset and we're frustrated and we want to like we want to be mad at someone. There always has to be that person every day. There's a new uh, new main character in Titans Twitter and you don't want to be it. Right. Like, isn't that what we always say? I don't think they need to be the ones that we are angry at right now. I think they, they made the move and until it doesn't work I, with that said, they have to nail this hire. They have to, you can't fire Mike Vrabel and not nail the next hire. If they do, then I think the pitchfork should come out. Yes. Uh, agreed. But 
until they show that they can make a move, even Rand Carthon in the short time he's been with the Titans, I think every move he has made for the most part outside of Andre Dillard uh, has been a, a successful, like it's been a good move or at least a, a step in the right direction. So, I don't know. Am, am I alone in saying that, Jack? No, you're not. And Andre Dillard was actually a Mike Vrabel guy. So that's that's going to fall more on Shocker. Mike Vrabel's plate than anybody. Although the GM, you know, he should have final say. That's not really how it worked when they were working together with this BS collaboration or whatever it was. But on the Rand Carthon thing, like I, Titans Twitter was in a tizzy all week because Rand Carthon never, you know, announced this great vision that the Titans have. Vision, that was the word. Yeah, Everybody was I, so caught up in. And I think that that's a little silly because, sure, I think that Amy Adams-Shrunk could have cleared a lot of things up had she addressed reporters. But she did let Mike Keith ask her some pretty tough questions. And yeah, she, found, yeah. she found a way to answer those questions. And then she said, you know what? I'll make myself available. We'll all come together once we get this hire down. You can ask me whatever. There's no questions that are off limits. I thought that that was cool. I did think that Rand Carthon was done no favors by Miss Amy, though. Like, he was kind of a sitting duck out there, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, no, and I think that's fair. I And look, and to Amy, like, it, it, like she's not Dan Snyder. It's not like the moves that she has made, ha, like, has required her to finally face the music. Like, why? She doesn't have to. Like, every move she has made, it, it's kind of like we used to say in J-Rob We Trust, because he, you know, the tenure of the John Robinson era, like, started off super strong. Which built us to have that that mantra in J Rob we trust. Why is it not we have the same mantra for Amy Adams Strunk? Because she not only has she every move as she has made has has bettered this franchise, but she also when things do go south, she doesn't let them go south for very long. John Robinson was fired in season. Mike Vrabel was fired after a six and eleven campaign after a seven game losing streak to lose out on the playoffs of the year before, like. She's like, okay, I see where this is going. It's almost like someone playing the stock market, you know? It's like you want to you don't want to let, let it dip too low before you have you sell off your assets. Like that's what Amy has done. So I I don't think that she owes it to us to to talk to the media. It's she's not a terrible owner as much as many people want to make her out to be one. We have a new stadium coming to Nashville. Like it, like every even the front office, like the the social media team, the video department, everything has gotten better since she's gotten her hands on this organization. Everything. If I have to take you back to the days when Bud Adams was still in control, when when he was still alive, like the franchise was stale. It was bad. Like they didn't even put like new paint on the walls. Like the, mm. and now here they have a new facility. Like everything has gotten better since Amy Adams Strunk has taken over. So why would we not expect that this move will make the Titans better until sh- they prove us otherwise? In- until we see it firsthand. She's earned the benefit of the doubt. No question about it. But with that being said, there's going to be people that are upset with Amy because there's a lot of Titans fans that still believe Mike Vrabel's the right coach to take this Titans team with new money, better players next year, you know, back to that playoff field. And the aggressive move to fire him, sure, you know, it's worked out It's worked out for Amy in the past, but, I mean, we got to face the reality of the situation here, Austin. Like, it's going to be much harder to upgrade from Vrabel than it was from Malarkey, than it was from Wizenhunt, you know, than it was from Rustin Webster as the GM, than it was from John Robinson as the GM, like, this is without a doubt of all the moves that Amy's made. This is going to be the toughest one to upgrade from, and yeah. I think that we have to acknowledge that. And, and you know, maybe that's why there's a lot of frustration towards Amy. But at the same time, 
she's not going to let this thing get rotten. But, you know, a lot of GMs that are, or excuse me, a lot of owners that are involved, like Amy's really become over the last few years, you know, we talk about that um, driver's ed teacher reference all the time about how she has control sitting in the shotgun seat. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of owners in this league that are asleep in the back of their car. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. And, bec- and because of that, their teams kind of take a nosedive, and it, it happens for decades, like the Ms. McCaskies and the Bears. Yeah, um, yeah. Kind of like the way the Lions have been running over the last few years. But on the other side of that coin, there are overly aggressive owners in this league. Yes. You know, you have your Jerry Jones, and sometimes and they're it's... they're not they're not even letting they're not even letting you like teach you how to drive the car. They're riding <laughs> in the driver's seat, driving that car, and you're not allowed to even touch the. They wheel. have full control. They're just they're just making sure that you think you're you're driving the car when in reality it's always been them. But there are these there are these overly active and overly controlling owners in this league that sometimes make quick hasty decisions and yeah. end up regretting it. Now, we haven't seen that yet from Amy, but when you continue to do this, and I'm not going to say continue because it's just J-Rob and Rabel really lately, um, but when you do this you know, multiple times, the chance that you set your team back on accident when you thought you had an upgrade up your sleeve, I mean, it, the risk continues to rise, right? Yeah, but, yeah. You know, I, I feel like the Titans are in as good of a place as a franchise as they have ever been heading into a coaching search. Like from a I franchise perspective, like yeah, not, not no. from a team, not from a team standpoint or a roster standpoint, but from a franchise standpoint, at the top of the list in the front office, I feel like they're as strong today as they've been in quite a while, maybe since they've moved to Tennessee and Floyd Reese was up there. That, right. uh, they're in position to nail this hire. Yeah, you're not going into an offseason where, you know, like you have your franchise quarterback, you've got a lot of cap space opening up, you've got, uh, you know, a, a GM firmly in place. Like, they, they are in a good spot. And so with that, let's go ahead and reveal our list. Um, Jack's got a list of three names. I've got a list of three names. And these are all definitely very serious names. Uh, there's uh, no tongue-in-cheek in this whatsoever. You know us better than that. Come on. I mean, like, why would we ever? This is this 100% serious list. Um, so, Jack, why don't we go back and forth, take turns, revealing guys that we would love to see as a uh, as a Titans head coach in 2024 now and this is without order either i should point that out these are just six names that we would love to see with the headset on rubbing their face when the titans uh get a defensive holding call on a third and 15 (laughs) all right i'll lead us off here um my first guy actually has ties to Rand carthon bobby slowick oc in houston after Mm -hmm. what he did to one of the best defenses in the nfl this past weekend when the C.J. Stroud and company hung 45 points on Cleveland. I mean, how can you not be impressed? 8.1 well, te- yards Well, technically play. 31 because two of those were pick sixes. Joe Flacco True. had a couple of touchdown passes for the Texans. Yeah, that, I think that was an homage to Matt Schaub if he was watching that Texans game. <laughs> yeah, right. But right. Uh, no sacks. Like, Stroud never got touched hardly in that game. And, you know, some of the quick release stuff that Slowick does with Stroud I think could work in Tennessee. Now the con, there is a con. He's only had one year of experience as an offensive coordinator. He's really young. So is he ready to, you know, he just got, he just got an OC job last year under D'Amico Ryan. Yeah. Like, is he ready to make a double jump and then go to head coach after just one year as an OC? It seems like a quick move. Yeah, that's an important distinction to make. I was listening to Kevin Clark talk about it, who's very well connected in the league. And um, it's important to note that, you know, a lot of times when you hire a coordinator, and we talk about it a lot, we refer to it as the Peter Principle. Um, where, you know, there's a certain level of, 
hierarchy that you can make it to, to where you're your very best. And then when you surpass that, then you, you're kind of exposed and you're not as good. A la Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz is a perfect example. One of the best defensive coordinators in the league, but as a head coach, just didn't quite have it. And that's because you have to start focusing on things like how to run a practice and how to manage uh, schedules and and time. And, and all of these things that you don't think about when you're just an offensive or defensive coordinator. So that's why a lot of times you do see guys that are hired past, uh, you know, what it is that they are. And then they, they kind of fail immediately. Yeah. Um, it, there's, a it, great, it's, there, there's a great example. And that's Brandon Staley from the Chargers who was yeah. fired this season. You right. know, he was – he was the DC for the Rams for just one season after being a linebackers coach and you know doing other stuff at the college level before that. But in the NFL, he was only a DC for one year before the yeah. Chargers said, "You know what? I want to make that guy my wife. I want to make that guy my head coach." And right. they did that. And you know, we saw problems arise in Los Angeles that he probably hadn't seen or you know had had to work through as a DC only one season in the NFL. And that ended up in an ugly marriage and one that ended in divorce just after, I think, three seasons. You know, he finished with like a 500 record for the Chargers. But that that's an example of a guy who maybe made the jump to head coach too soon. And that, you know, I'm not going to say Slowick's going to fail because of that. But that's something you have to consider when you, you know, yeah. move in that direction. Yeah, you have to approach it with a grain of salt. But I do also do love the idea of Slowick uh, in the sense that you're kind of stealing from your division rival as well. So then they're scrambling to fill that their OC job in it with a young rookie quarterback. I mean, look, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. That's what I'll say about Slowick. Um, all right. My first name on our very serious list of head coaching candidates, and I mentioned him last week on the SOAD, Jim Harbaugh. All right. Now, before you Ooh. freak out, before you freak out, okay, hear me out. I hate Jim Harbaugh just as much as anyone, if not more. All right. I hate the guy. All right. I, I'm very, I, I don't like Michigan. I didn't, I didn't really, really like him when he was in the NFL. However, there's one thing you cannot deny about Jim Harbaugh. He loves milk. Well, yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yes. There's another thing. Uh, loves pleated khakis. Okay. Sure. Uh, there, and, uh, he's also a little creepy when it comes to the recruiting trails. You don't have to worry about it in the NFL. Okay. He's not going to sleep over at any, anyone's house. He's going to sleep over at Nick Folk's house. <laughs> <laughs> that actually would. I, just for that alone, I would want him as the Titans head coach. They're actually Listen. probably, you know, it's similar ages though. That, that could maybe work. Hey, right. Yeah. It's not weird when they're the same age, right? It's only weird when you're sleeping over at a teenager's house. Um, this man wins everywhere he goes. And for record of that, let's run down his resume. University of San Diego led them to consecutive 11 and one seasons. Keep in mind, University of San Diego. All right. Then gets the job at Stanford and he turned around Stanford's football program and he finished with a 12 and one record and won the Orange Bowl. Okay. At Stanford. That's basically the Vandy of the West. No offense. Whoa, Jeff. whoa, whoa, whoa. The strays. He also achieved a 44 and 19 and one. That that one tie is always laughable to me. But 44, 19 and one in the NFL as the 49ers head coach. He reached three NFC title games in a row and a Super Bowl appearance. So you don't think he can coach at the NFL level? 
He's proven that he most definitely can. Then he took that expertise, brought it to his alma mater of Michigan, and we all know, look, Michigan is one of those schools, it's like, and this is not a shot at Tennessee Falls fans, but it's like a Tennessee, where it's like hard to win there. Like, it's it's hard to have sustained success at a school like that because it's so big, there's a lot of pressure. That's basically what it what it's like in Michigan. And he did face the heat for the first few years at Michigan. Couldn't beat Ohio State. He couldn't beat Ohio State. Then what does he do? Rallies off three straight playoff appearances, win the wins the Big Ten three straight years, and this past year, as we all know, fifteen and zero perfect record, won a national title. The guy knows how to win, and you're probably like, "Well, yeah, Austin, because he's cheating." Okay, all right, all right. Look, you want to you want to throw the cheating card? Let's look at some notable cheaters in the past. Okay, <laughs> how about Bill Belichick? Twice, allegedly. All right. What happened to Bill Belichick? Still regarded as one of the best coaches in the NFL. It's a good what about cheater. Bill Self in college basketball? No, definitely noted as a cheater. Has a clause in his contract that Kansas cannot fire him, regardless of that. Uh, pretty sure he's still gainfully employed and winning national titles. Uh, what about the Houston Astros? Oh, they, yeah. They cheated. In fact, there was it was evident that they cheated. They They admitted to cheating. And were let off with no punishment whatsoever. Uh, they they did not even get their quote unquote piece of metal taken away, as Rob Manfred likes to call the commissioner's trophy in baseball. So, um, uh, oh, Rob and then Manfred. of course Jim Jim Harbaugh this past year. Really, I mean, yeah, he had to sit out a couple of games, but really no punishment. Nobody's ever going to take away that fifteen and zero perfect season that they had mm-hmm. because they were caught, you know stealing signs or whatever. So maybe cheating's a good thing. You know, they used to say, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Maybe it's now, uh, if you are cheating, you're winning. <laughs> I think Harbaugh would be fun just for the reason that Titans fans would have a reason after every win to say, who's got it better than us? You know, that Ooh, would be a great, buddy. that would be a great drunk chant. I think that Titans fans would enjoy. So um, that's the only thing I really like about the Harbaugh decision. But if you like Harbaugh, if you're a Harbaugh guy, like you are Austin, why don't you hear me out here? And I'll, I'll go ahead and give you an analogy, Austin. This is this is like when you start a diet heading into 2024. And okay. you forgot that you had ordered some Girl Scout cookies, you know, early December. They come in a little late, and they're sitting on the counter. But you know not to touch them because you're on a diet. And yeah. you better not because you you, you want to improve. You want to My wife would get mad, yeah. But, man, every time you look at those cookies, they look really good. They start looking <laughs> better and better every Wait, time you look at is this my inner monologue speaking right now? <laughs> you start to remember the good times you've had with these cookies. You remember sitting on the couch and eating an entire sleeve of Samoas and remembering, wow, you know, this was a, this is a delight. There aren't many moments better than this as you look down and you start to bloat. But you remember not to touch them because this is a new year, new you. Don't touch them, even though they look no. so good. Don't touch them. That's where I'm at with Mike McDonald. Mike McDonald, defensive coordinator for the Ravens. And hey, listen to this, Austin. Here, you know, I, I think I'm going to catch you here. He's coached under both Harbaugh's. Oh, my God. Double gosh. dipped, double dipped that Oreo in the Harbaugh milk. And he's 37 years old, but you know not to touch it, right? Because he's a defensive minded head coach. You just did that. You yeah. saw how it doesn't work when you have to change out your OCs after having success. 
So you got to stay away from the thin mints. You got to. But Austin, every time I keep looking at Mike McDonald, I get yeah. more and more impressed. I think that he's going to be make a great head coach somewhere. But is it what the Titans want to do? I'm not so sure. But man, I think he's going to really work somewhere in this league. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you see the cookies there on the counter and you're like, oh, and you go and you take a bite and you're like, oh, this is so delicious. And then you're like, oh, I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting. And then and then you're just like, I just need to take it to the streets. Uh, and maybe maybe this is the, the decision for me. Um, these are all Michael McDonald songs, Jack. I know. Uh I, <laughs> yeah, you should have known better than for me to pick up on any of that. I knew that you were reading some song or movie quotes or whatever it was. Look, what what a fool believes, Jack. I that's the thing about um that that's the thing about Mike McDonald is I want to hire him just solely so we can make Michael McDonald puns for the next few years. Oh, um, that's gonna make my life a living hell on this podcast. Hey, but I'm it, in. It, look, it it keeps you running if you think about it. But <laughs> maybe I'd be I guess I'd be on my own on that one. Okay, that's enough. That's enough. That's, this is like the Lincoln Park episode we did a couple of years ago. Um, <laughs> for you tuppers who've been along the ride, you know we don't want to go down that path again. Um, Mike McDonald, though, I did mention he coached under both Harbaugh's. DC with the Ravens, but before that in 2021. He's been with the Ravens, by the way, since 2014, outside of this one year, 2021, where he went down, coached as the DC at Michigan under Jim Harbaugh, where they had a ton of success. So he's an interesting candidate. He's got a lot of the Har- Harbaugh flavor to him young but he's a defensive guy does that does that automatically disqualify him from you know titans fans minds probably but i don't know that it does for maybe adam strunk uh i got a name that has yet to receive one interview request for a head coaching vacancy around the entire league and it's a guy that we've talked extensively on this podcast about eric b why not? Okay. It's a guy who has proven that his offenses can do work wonders. This is a guy who won multiple Super Bowls with the Kansas City Chiefs. We have all seen what the Kansas City Chiefs offense has become without Eric Bieniemy there. And a guy who for most of last year had Sam Howell, Sam Howell as the top, the top passer in the NFL with passing yards. Last season, like that to me is um, that's amazing. That's nothing short of a miracle. So Titans, look, just bring him in for an interview. See what's going on. There's must be something about Eric Bieniemy that we don't know that is like like that made him radioactive. And I don't understand it because like even last year when the Titans OC job came open, Titans didn't even. I mean that also could have been just a Mike Rabel thing because he doesn't know him personally. But the Titans didn't even give him an interview, and sure enough, the Commanders just hire him right away with uh, Ron Rivera. So I don't know what what is behind closed doors there that we don't know about. But I think at very least, bring him in for an interview. If there's smoke, there's usually fire in this league, you know. And you know what's a you know what's a crazy stat? Eric Bieniemy has interviewed for a head coaching job sixteen different times by fifteen different teams. It feels and none like of them he's that. So, it feels like he's like their their like Rooney Rule go to. They're like, well, you know, because like there's a lot of teams that like will do that, which is just disgusting. Um, that they will just bring in a guy just to meet league mandates. Waste their time, but, even though they already know who they're going to hire. 
Yeah, exactly. It was the uh, Brian Flores situation with. Uh, God, with he would the, be he would be a good head coach too somewhere. And he would uh, look at the. I, I guess there was the Giants. Yeah, where like where <laughs> where that that errant text from Bill Belichick. Oh did that yes. whole thing. The Brian Dayball. Yeah, where he's like, "Congrats, Brian. Well, congrats on what, Coach? <laughs> Getting the Giants job." And he was like, "Oh, I hadn't heard yet." And the and then Belichick <laughs> realized, "Oh, I'm texting." Dude. Flores, not Dayball, and then that led to a huge lawsuit. Um, oh, so. the anxiety I would have if I had sent that text, and that was that was before you could undo send on text too. People, that's forget. true. That's true. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So Eric Bieniemy, give him a shot. Just give him a call. Just bring him in. Why not? I, I hear you. But you know, fifteen different teams have said no. That's that's fifteen red flags. My guy, my next guy, Ben Johnson, Detroit Lions offensive coordinator. Wow, what a performance he had against mm. the Rams. They dominated. They won that game in the first half. And, you know, he led a top five offense in Detroit, third in yards per game, fifth in rushing offense, fifth in points. He made Josh Reynolds look like a great receiver, which, I mean, is yeah. no easy feat. He also has, you know, developed Khalif Raymond into a, like, above, like, not just competent, but a little bit above that level as a wide receiver up there. They, they use him in great ways. Um, he gets the football to his playmakers. He also had a couple of, Interviews in the division last year. He interviewed for the Colts and the Texans gig in 2023. I think he's going to get a job. I think that he's the number one candidate on a lot of fans' lists. And Austin, I'd be lying to you if I said he wasn't number one on mine. This is who I want the Titans to go get. Okay, yeah. I know. I He's actually number one on my list. Um, I'm a big fan of Ben Johnson. I, and I, I do – look, I, I don't – I'm not concerned one way or the other if the Titans go offense or defensive minded head coach. I would I would prefer offensive minded head coach, but if they go defensive, I'm not gonna. It's not the end of the world for me. I, I will I think be. I think it's a letdown for me. It's a it, letdown, it, it's, but I'm not gonna say it's a failure because there's plenty of defensive head coaches that work. I would be concerned in the sense that they would take that. Um, uh, because we could be left with like another Arthur Smith situation is if you do find that offense coordinator that works, you know, in a couple of years, he's going to be gone as a head coach, so, which is why I kind of want to skew towards offense. The league is skewing towards offense anyway. So if you can get a brilliant offensive minded head coach in there, that I think would be great for Will Levis and Tajay Spears and the whole crew. Um, but uh, it won't be an end all be all. Uh, but I do love Ben Johnson. Look, Titans, give me a BJ, okay? I want one so get, bad. Get your hands on that Johnson, Titans. And you know what, Austin? Let me cater to the Vols fans. He's a got bit a here. great head on his shoulders. Absolutely, yeah. I just want to get inside that brain. Um, but this is going to be Vols fans' chance to get Hendon Hooker to Nashville. You bring in Ben Johnson, maybe he was the guy <laughs> that pulled the trigger on Hendon in the draft right. process. Lands in Detroit. You know, you may need a new backup. Malik Willis, yeah. is, you know, he's not going to be the guy next year. Hendon Hooker makes a lot of sense if the Lions are willing to trade him. Maybe you bring, maybe it's a package deal. You bring in BJ and you bring in the Hooker. Look, oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah, enough of spitting in Vols fans' faces, Titans, okay? Time to pander to them. Bring in a BJ and then you can spit somewhere else. Yeah, that's what hookers are for. <laughs> All right, there's seven more candidates on this list we need to get to. Yeah, um, um, we, um, I, my last, my last, uh, my last name on my list, and this is a man who we know far, like very well, a man that I think can bring greatness back to the Coliseum that is, or that was Adelphia, now is Nissan. 
I'm talking about the 2008 Maxwell Club NFL Coach of the Year. Okay? No way. I'm talking about a Super Bowl 20 champion as a player. You know him as a Nashville Cats advisor right Uh-oh. now. Chief advisor, if you will. Maybe as the general manager of the Michigan Panthers and head coach of those same Michigan Panthers of the USFL. That's right. It Look, as Matthew McConaughey says in his Lincoln commercials, sometimes you got to go back to actually move forward. Jeff Fisher, bring him in. Jeffrey Michael Fisher. Why not? Okay? Why not? It'd be, look, nostalgia plays these days. Bell bottoms are coming back in style. Everything. Bring back Jeff Fisher in two-tone blue. I don't see where the holdup is. If you can, in fact, if you can give me one good reason as to why Jeff Fisher wouldn't make sense for this franchise, I want you to tweet it at Tighten Up Pod. I want you to tweet it at us. In fact, you can you can tweet at me personally if you want at Austin Huff. Tweet at us and let us know. Give me one good reason. If you can come up with one good reason, I want to hear it. I want to hear it. One good reason. I want to hear it. I love the passion. I love the energy. I love the nostalgia. Um, I do think that Nashville will burn to the ground if Jeff Fisher came in for an interview, though. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. But, hey, we would leave, leave space for the new stadium. All right, now, before we move on with the rest of our list uh, of, of guys that could be mentioned, obviously, we gave our top six, uh, but we've got – there's more that the Titans have already interviewed that we did not mention. There are uh, – and there are some that are kind of rumored to be in the coaching carousel that – we're kind of hoping the Titans stay far, far away from that, which we will all get to. But before we do all that, let's get a word from our friends at BetMGM. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code A to Z Sports and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odd specials. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Tennessee only new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. First online real money wager only. Awards issued as is knowledge travel bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance for problem gaming support. Call the Tennessee Redline at 800-889-9789. You've really excelled with that, that fast voice. You've done a really good job with that. I feel like not enough people are commending you for how fast you speak during that yeah, last part of that BetMGM raid. I'm glad you noticed. I'm just trying to get better every week. Yeah, look, you gotta you gotta play better, you gotta coach better, and you gotta speak better. Honestly, uh, you gotta find those ways. Um, I, which is uh, it is kind of ironic that the Titans are literally finding a way to coach better <laughs> <laughs> with this search. And there are a few other names that have not uh, that we have not gone over that the Titans have issued like interviews with. Yeah, And we'll kind of go over those real quickly here. Um, but the remaining names that have already been interviewed, Antonio Pierce. Now, Antonio Pierce, for me, I don't know about you, Jack, but to me, the idea is great because obviously what he did with the Raiders down the stretch was so no, impressive. Nothing, nothing short of a miracle. <laughs> I feel like just the fact that he was able to turn them around, win a gritty-ass game in Arrowhead against the division leader, Kansas City Chiefs. Um that to me is, uh, I just think he did a really good job. Now, 
I do think the players loved Antonio Pierce, and they rallied behind a guy that was already in the building, and I think that played into a lot of their success. I don't know how well he would do or resonate outside of that building. I think he should be the Raiders head coach. I, I, if I'm, I know Max Crosby has already like said like you know he's going to demand a trade if if he's not um, hired in Las Vegas. I think he should be. Um, if he, does he make sense in Tennessee? That I don't know. I, I like the idea of him more than I think I would actually like him yeah. once he got here because I don't think that success would translate to a new organization. Yeah, it feels kind of like a diet Mike Vrabel. And I'm I'm stunned that the Raiders aren't locking him up right now. I'm, I'm stunned right. they're letting him go interview elsewhere, dude. Like, you you found your guy. Like, yeah. you got lucky. You uncovered a diamond in the rough. Keep that dude. Hold on to that dude. He did some great things down the stretch with a mediocre football team, if I'm being honest. Um, but he does feel like a little a bit of a big K soda version of Mike Vrabel, right? Like defensive yeah. guy, he's a motivator. Titans kind of went through that and had that. Like, I'm not so sure of what kind of staff Pierce will put together, but I, I just think that for now, the tight like he's a great guy to bring in. Like, that's a guy you want to interview and just yeah. see what he thinks about the team. So I you yeah. want to get his thoughts. And so it's a good interview, but I think hiring him would be a mistake here. I, I don't think the Titans would be doing their job if they didn't bring him in for an interview. Good point. See Good what's point. there. Un, uncover that rock and see if there is anything that you think could translate that what he did in Las Vegas isn't just a, you know, Jeremy Lin type run. Like, can he bring that success to a new organization? Um, so I do love that the Titans interviewed him. Another name, Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator for – Cincinnati Bengals. Now, the Cincinnati Bengals offense has been great, obviously. Uh, it helps when you have like a Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and all of the weapons that they have. But it Joe functioned Mixon. this year without a lot of their key guys. Like and Higgins that's was down, point. Chase missed time, Burrow yeah. you know, left the season early with an injury, and it still functioned. That's a great point, Jack. It, you know, you bring in a guy. Is Brown, yeah, Jake Browning was a rookie, wasn't he? Um, uh, I don't think he was a rookie. He was at Washington for forever. He, I yeah, mean, he could have been one of those, like, 24-year-old rookies back, you know, a couple of years ago. But I think he's been okay. in the league for a couple of years. So but... he's he's a Mormon quarterback um, and <laughs> sure, definitely a lot sure. older than you expect. Um, and <laughs> so he uh, – yeah, but whatever they did, you know, whatever he did in Cincinnati clearly was working. I – which like is always appeasing to me and uh, like appealing to me. Um, again, it's it's one of those things you hire an OC, and you could say this about any of any of the coordinators that we've talked about. You know, you you run that risk, um, but I I don't hate it. I'll say that. I look, and I know that's not like great analysis. Like it's like <laughs> for half of these like names that we're listing, I'm just saying oh, I just don't hate it. Uh, but I don't like I I'm I'm trying to like find a hole in the potential of Brian Callahan as a head coach. Well, here's one possible. Hole. Okay. All right. I'm here for it. He doesn't, he doesn't call the plays up there. Zach Taylor is the one who calls those plays. So if he took over as head coach here, would he then call the plays, which is something he doesn't have a lot of experience doing anyways up there, or would he become a head coach, which is, I mean, if, he, if he's the OC and doesn't call plays in Cincinnati, being a head coach has an immense amount of responsibilities. Like he's not even in charge of calling the game up there. So yeah. how would that work? I, I'm a little, you know, I'm a little. I've got a little skepticism in me when it comes to Brian Callahan. But yeah, he's a good well, candidate. If he, yeah. If he's not calling the plays in Cincinnati, then would he call the the plays as a head coach elsewhere? And in that case, then it's all based on who you hire as your OC underneath you. Exactly. Um, another were, name that the, 
I, I was going to say there were two coaches that may have just fallen on their own sword this past weekend and eliminated themselves from the search as a whole. Oh, wait, 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 wait. No, let's get to them. Let's get to them. Okay. There's one more name that the Titans brought in for an interview that they've already interviewed, already talked with. Mike Kafka. And you're like, who the hell is Mike Kafka? Sounds like an insurance agency. Uh, no, Kafka is the Giants OC. Um, I don't know about you, Jack, but stay away from anyone from the Giants organization with a 10-foot pole. Yeah, I'm, pole. I'm with you. Get away from me. Get away. They, like... I did. I know. I'm not. I don't. I don't want anything to do with anyone within the Giants organization. You know who Mike Kafka kind of feels like? Jeb Bush. Like the <laughs> the, the Bush family is so prominent, and you know you cut. You, you've got H W, and then you've got George yeah. W, and they've held such high offices. It's kind of like coming from that Chief system, right? With Andy Reid and Mahomes. Now everybody's getting a job just because they were on that staff with Mahomes right. and Reid when it worked so well. Well, you hire Kafka, and you, and then you figure out, like, you know, this was kind of like just like the last available guy from that staff. Like, maybe this yeah. isn't, maybe this isn't the right move here. It's, you know, it's like when Jeb Bush ran for president. It's like, you know, he really didn't have much of a shot, but I feel like he almost had to because his last name was Bush. Yeah, I don't want my head coach to after games uh, meeting with the press telling everyone, please clap. <laughs> Titans score seventeen points. Please clap. He's clap. Uh, yeah, I look, but I will say this: if you do get hurt and have to miss work, call Kafka. Be able to uh, get you paid while you're while you're down and out for the job. Um, there are some names that, uh, as Jack was alluding to, that kind of took their name out of um, the running. These, this is my short list of names that of guys that have been floated out there that I want the tides to stay away from. If you see them walking on the street, turn and run the other way. I think we got to start in Dallas. Big yeah. D. Mm-hmm. Dan Quinn. Now, I was not big on Dan Quinn coming into, like, even before the playoffs, even after the season that the Cowboys had. And that that Cowboys defense was very stout for most of the year. They had a few games here and there where they, you know, kind of like the Titans where it's like, wait, where the hell did our defense go? But for the most part, very good defensive uh, defensive line was strong. It helps by having a guy like Michael Parsons. Uh, defensive backs were incredible, uh, setting records for most uh, pick sixes in a season. It it was that was a really good defense, and I think Dan Quinn deserves all the credit in the world. However, if you're going to give him credit for how good it was, you also have to take some away with how bad they were when it mattered the most. And it's the same thing. It's the Ryan Tannehill effect where no one wants to give him their his flowers for the regular season. It's when it matters the most, you got to take it away. Dan Quinn, I, to me, took his name out of – and Dan Quinn's been a head coach before and had no success with well, Atlanta. He did take them to a Super Bowl. Or Sorry, sorry, excuse but me, yes. Flamed but out shortly after. Outside of that, that was one of the – I think the Falcons' two, maybe three winning seasons in the last 11 years. So – um, it, it was, it was kind of like a Doug Peterson type, uh, type run. Obviously Matt Ryan was fantastic and incredible, but Dan Quinn, aside from that run was really bad as a, as a head coach. And I don't know if you want to retread those tires. Um, I don't know if I, I and, and after what he did in the first round of the playoffs and not adjusting even at halftime and, and trying to figure out. The Green Bay Packers of all teams. That was a meddling 
NFC team for most of the year. Seven seed. First time ever a seven seeds won a playoff game in the NFL. I To me, stay away from Dan Quinn. So there's one thing about Dan Quinn, which makes him more attractive and also less attractive as an option. That staff he put together with the Falcons was freaking elite, dude. He had Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, Mike McDaniel, and Raheem Morris all on his coaching staff in the first three seasons in Atlanta. Now, that's a big part of being a head coach, right? Who do you bring in? Who's on your staff? So he's proven he could put that together. But also on the other side of the coin, when those guys left and got better opportunities elsewhere, Dan Quinn kind of turtled. And you, you wonder how much of that success was due to these great minds that were, you know, assistant coaches on that team or coordinators on that team, or how much was it really Dan Quinn? It makes you think, but he did put together an elite staff. But after those dudes left, the Falcons died. And I mean, that makes me that makes me a little skeptical about Dan Quinn as well. Doesn't that sound familiar? I yeah, mean, it does. This, I mean, uh, when Arthur Smith left with the, the Titans, the offense was not the same at all, uh, even in the the following year. Um, and then when Jim Schwartz bounced, and I know Jim Schwartz only played like an advisor type role with the defense, but you can't tell me that he did not have an effect because the defense dropped off significantly from uh, last year to this year. So um, it sounds very familiar. Dan Quinn, uh, I'm, yeah. Another I want a head coach. I want a head, I want a head coach that can come in and win football games, can win the close ones, can make adjustments at halftime. And man, he didn't show that he could do any of that. Against yeah. the Packers. Like you, you thought the bleeding would stop after halftime, but it, it got worse. So yeah. that was a big that's a big red flag for me. And you don't want to walk into a relationship after already seeing a huge red flag. And that's what I'm like, worried the Titans are gonna do. More like Dan Clues, am I right? Moving on, the next head coach on the list. Brian Johnson, the Eagles offensive <laughs> coordinator. It's another guy in oh, Dan Quinn wow. boat where Kind of yeah. uh, played himself out, in, in my opinion, when it mattered the most. Honestly, when it mattered the most for the last seven games of the year. The How did the Titans have a better record than the Eagles down the stretch? Honestly, ever since ever since uh, A.J. Brown told Kevin Byer that, hey, things are done differently around here. We're winners. You're a winner now. Um, I, they've done anything but, it feels like. Yeah. Um, you know, when the pressure was on, that Johnson got soft real fast. and Ooh, it, Very it was, flaccid. Nine points against the Bucks. You lost yeah. to Baker Mayfield, and it, it really is. And, it, and look, you're exactly right how they flamed out down the stretch. Like that is a horrible time to play that bad of football, especially when your name has been tossed around in, the, in a coaching carousel like his has. Yeah, and with the number of strip clubs in Tampa, you uh, stay that soft. It's that's just a uh, a mess, honestly. And look, we want a coach that can tighten up. If you catch my drift, we want a functioning um, Johnson. To lead this right. team into the future. Yeah. So I actually, I'm going to turn that BJ away. Uh, and then lastly on my list uh, from stay away from Jeff Saturday. I think it goes without saying, <laughs> I think the Titans don't need to bring him in for an interview. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I don't. That's I great. Do, I, I feel like with the, <laughs> we know what he is, honestly. And, um, uh, and plus we don't want anyone sloppy seconds, especially not anyone in Indianapolis. So, That's uh, a good point, yeah. um, head coach, Jeff Saturday, one in seven. Gosh, dude, how one in Jim seven, Irsay. which is, which is exactly how, um, Mike Vrabel finished last season. <laughs> one in seven. True. 
Jim Irsay just got on the phone and started talking to an old friend and made promises that he'd see him. And, like, the conversation was going so well, he was like, eh, want to come be the head coach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly he, how that And he hangs up and down. he's just like, son of a bitch, did I just offer the head coaching spot to Jeff Saturday? And he's like, oh, well. Oh, well. Uh, I'm going to go, go do some more drugs now. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly, you guys. Um, We're all right, only basing the, this uh, off of his tweets. <laughs> yeah, right. The roof is open, you guys. <laughs> I think his roof is open, if you catch my drift. I don't even catch my drift there. So if you got that euphemism, good luck to you, because I, I, I didn't even get it. It's, it sounded good. It sounded good, right. Um, the... Before are are there any other names you want to uh, Aaron Glenn there? getting a lot of buzz this cycle the Lions defensive coordinator but Austin I don't know what it is about Glenn that makes him such an attractive off or an option because that defense hasn't been very good yeah. over the last few seasons um, I know that hard knocks exposure and just exposure on that Lions staff is going to be big for all of those candidates like the Lions staff is the next one that's going to get picked apart and we'll see if Dan Campbell can you know plug in the right pieces to make you know, the line's a sustainable success story in this league. But I don't know what it is about Aaron Glenn that makes him such a hot option right now. It, it doesn't seem like a guy who's really figured it out totally on defense. Run defense was good this year. But I, 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 don't, I don't know. I just don't really trust him moving forward as head coach. I think he's benefiting from a lot of buzz from a really exciting coaching staff in Detroit. Yeah. But that could just I, be me. Maybe he gets hired somewhere and it works. I tweeted something over the weekend that – honestly got more buzz and run than I ever imagined. Um, <laughs> like not since the Kim Mulkey jacket tweet, did I expect a tweet to <laughs> like, or not expect a tweet to pop off the way it did. Um, but I tweeted over the weekend after the lions won their first playoff game since 1991 season, January Gosh. of 1992. God bless him. Uh, I, I tweeted, I said, Dan Campbell is everything we thought, Mike Rapel would be. And there were a lot of a lot of people that agreed with it, got a lot of retweets and a lot of likes, but there were also a lot of people that were like, this is the dumbest take I've ever heard ever. And then I realized, okay, this is it's kind of a take that needs more context than just one than one sentence on the internet. It is very much like headline reading where you read the headline without hearing the story and I mean, that's to my own fault because I should have given more context within the tweet. But to me, what Dan Campbell has done in Detroit is ungodly impressive. It is like the fact that he took over a very, very bad Detroit franchise. And this is a franchise for decades has been bad, has been the laughing stock of the league. Free agents didn't want to play there. They didn't want to sign it, it, to right. Detroit. Like that right. was a career it, ender. And his first season goes three and thirteen, which kind of mirrored. Okay, that's kind of the way it was. But they were more competitive in those games, and people were starting to sense, oh wow, maybe Dan Campbell is like, maybe like it's a good story, and everyone liked Dan Campbell. And then the next year, uh, gets a game away from the playoffs, which is the closest the Lions had been in years, and took uh, took the Packers out with them. And that took final the Packers game. out in the final game of the season. That was a huge moment in Dan Campbell's coaching career that I think he'll look back on and realize, like, okay, that's when I really started to pop. That's well, when I knew that this team could do it. I think guys were starting to buy in. And and obviously, like, you're seeing success. And so you go from 3-13 and 13 to, uh, I, I think they went 9-8 and eight 
I believe, the next year. Maybe maybe eight and nine. Regardless, you have at least a five win, uh, like improvement from year to year, from year one to year two. Then the this year, obviously, they win what 10, 11 games, and they win a playoff game. Which, and I know, like first of all, that's half as many games as Mike Vrabel has won in they six years. They got Tampa coming to Detroit next week too, so that could easily double here in a week. Yeah, so, and I, I just think, I, I see Dan Campbell, and I'm like, oh, this is a guy who is a really good coach. This is a guy who, who, who one, knows how to coach up his guys and get his guys to believe in everything that he's doing. and But then also, like, buy in. And 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 that, to me, is where I think the, the, the difference is. Because I, I think when Mike Vrabel first started off, first of all, saw immediate regression. You went from being a playoff team under Mike Malarkey with a playoff win to missing out the playoffs in Mike Vrabel's first year. Okay, that's neither here nor there. I like if you you can hold that against Vrabel if you want, but then the next year obviously goes on one of the best Titan season runs that we have ever seen. They they trade out Ryan Tannehill for Marcus Mariota, and they just they became this team that like oh, okay wow this is this is a fun team to watch, and then the next year get even better. Um, they they fall in the first round of the playoffs. And the following year after that, they get the one seed in the AFC, and again fall in the, their first game in the playoffs. But and then and then the next year start off seven to three, and you're thinking, okay, here we go. We've got this like great team in Nashville, Injuries. and then they just we all know what happens yeah. after that. Uh, the worst, the second worst record in the NFL over the next twenty five games, and it it just I feel like Dan Campbell is a guy who I, I just think he's a better coach. Like he can get more out of his guys than, than Rabel can. And I know that's, it sounds like a lot of revisionist history. Like I'm forgetting the early days. No, I'm not forgetting the yeah, early days. The, the season where he did take, you know, used parts and took him to the one seat in the AFC. Like I hear your take here. And I think, honestly, I think it would be awesome for a podcast episode, like full on, uh, you know, 30 minutes out of this we could get, but I think that Mike Vrabel had a Dan Campbell. Like I think Dan Campbell is walking the same path that Mike Vrabel did in Tennessee. Now, Vrabel yeah. didn't have to tr- to turn around a dumpster fire. He kind of got handed a pretty neat situation to walk into. A, a, a team that had been to the playoffs and won a playoff game, made it to the divisional round of the playoffs under Mike Malarkey, and then you know obviously, so that's not inheriting a a fran- it, like even even just the franchise yeah. like let alone it, how they did this season before but like the to inherit any Detroit Lions team in Vrabel's defense you know we have this sour taste in our mouth because of how the last few seasons went well after those first early successful seasons they lost the floor they lost Arthur Smith Dan yeah. Campbell hadn't had any turnover on that staff yet yeah He's and that's a, that's a good and point then, i think the next few years will really be important on how Dan Campbell's viewed in this league so i see the Mike Vrabel comparisons because they're the same kind of coach, right? They're both kind of rah-rah, motivational dudes. But um, I, I think the difference in Detroit, and I saw this in Dan Campbell's post-game press conference, first guy he gave credit to in that locker room, GM Brad Holmes, said they've been in yeah. freaking lockstep on right. building that thing. I don't know that there was ever a time where Mike Vrabel was in lockstep with a general manager here. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And yeah, they they did kind of build this identity, and I think Dan Campbell plays a large part into that identity. Whereas like the, with the Titans, it always felt like they had an identity, but then as time went on, that identity was kind of lost a little bit, and it was kind of like this like 
who are we type moment. You know, f- f- like feel like the Titans are like Margot Robbie in a Barbie movie where it's like, what am I even? You know, like are we are we an offensive like finesse team or, yeah. you know, with 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 the with the weapons that we have or are we this nitty gritty hard nosed Titans team? And I, I think they, they skewed more towards that. But there was also I don't know. It well, a lot of the All times to it's say like is, some of the powerhouses in the AFC were driving their cars to work. The Titans hopped on a bird scooter, and yeah. it was an unconventional way to get to work. But sometimes, you know, you beat traffic. You're on the sidewalk. There's no turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, sometimes right. it works. And, yeah. you know, the Titans kind of, you know, it worked early. And so, you know what? Everyone else is paying for these nice cars. I'm going to take this bird scooter, 25 cents a minute. Yeah, and, right. And we're going to take you, this thing to work and you, see if see if we can really reinvent a new way to travel to work. And but you quickly realize that the the batteries on those bird scooters don't last. As <laughs> don't long last as you long. Think. They don't last <laughs> long at all. Um, that is, yeah. I I look. I was I probably a little premature with that with my tweet with my take. Yeah, probably. Like we, I should give Dan Campbell more time um, to to determine that. But I did. I think. And and did it come from a place of frustration? Yeah, sure. sure. Um, but I I think that. I, I will stand by that take until proven otherwise. And I think we should give Dan Campbell, like you said, a, a couple more years. Can he survive the turnover? Can he survive? Can he even sustain the success that he's had? All I'm saying is they've improved every single year, and now they are one of the dominant forces in the NFC. And this is the Detroit Lions we're talking about, okay? This is, that uh, to me, that is much harder to do than to take a Titans team and make them competitive. Pretty cool, Austin. I'll come out and say it. I want them to win the Super Bowl. If it's I not the too. Titans, I'm cool with the Lions. I'm cool. Yeah. I, I like the story. I like the story. Them and the Bills. If it's a Lions Bills Super Bowl, that would God, be. I'm incredible. so glad the Eagles got eliminated. Oh, by the way, wanted to dance on a grave uh, this week. Almost forgot. Not going to let it slip though. Did the Titans deserve credit for exposing the Miami Dolphins as the frauds they were? Ooh. I don't know. I don't know. Look, I'm just asking. It's just a Look, question I'm asking. People, here. people are asking. Honestly, is what you could say. Um, Did the Titans I, ruin the Dolphins' season? Some are saying. I, I mean, it's kind of hard not to think that they didn't. Uh, they did kind of flounder there uh, at the end. Uh, flounder dolphin uh, as a fish pun. Um, but Pretty no, good. they. I. The. But I will say this: I'm kind of pissed that the Dolphins didn't win the AFC East because I hated the fact that the Chiefs got in my opinion, such an easy game in their first round. I hate the Chiefs so much, and I, I'm rooting against them at all phases of life. Um, and I hated that they got a Dolphins team that struggles in the cold um, in that first week at home and almost got a second home game, almost, like <laughs> like in the playoffs. I'm like, I just know the Chiefs are going to be in the Super Bowl again, and I'm already trying to come to terms with it, and I'm just frustrated by it. I'm I'm frustrated that this team, like, the, even on their worst year when they're like, oh, this is, what's wrong with the Chiefs? They're still going to, like, somehow win the Super Bowl, and I'm going to be so damn annoyed. Can the Bills slay that dragon in Buffalo finally? I Like, they've so. got to at some point, right? But, I mean, that's also what... Everybody was saying in the 90s when they kept missing all those kicks. Um, I, I do I feel like do. that game, it's going to come down to the last possession, right? And maybe even in overtime. But yeah, I I just feel like there's going to be a dropped pass from a Chiefs receiver because that seems to be their kryptonite in big moments in big games this season. Who's yeah. going to let them, which pass catcher is going to let Mahomes down? Because that's the only way they die, right? Is if somebody, if there's self-sabotage on their team. It's hard to go yeah. out and beat the Chiefs 
especially with that mental edge they have over the Bills. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, new stadium video dropped. Jack, your your initial thoughts? It looks pretty cool. You know what? I did have one question, though. Yeah. Have, have they brought in A.J. Trapasso to test the ceiling of the building? Don't point. want any punts hitting point. the roof. I... I don't, I, I don't know. I've got a lot of thoughts about this, and this is probably another so episode uh, that we should get into. But I, I don't love that it's a glass ceiling. I don't love that it's a non-retractable roof ceiling. Shadows um, could be bad. Yeah, I mean, like w- we've seen what it's done in Los Angeles. Like, I, I, it's, it, it feels to me that like the Titans have not looked at any other stadium in America and like said like, okay, what did they do and what did they do wrong and how can we fix that? How can we make that great? And the glass ceiling is not a good idea. Like that's never, I, I look, I understand you want it light in there or like maybe make it translucent or something, but like to, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I, and then obviously look, there's not enough columns for me. We've, we've talked about yeah, it at length yeah, on this there's podcast. There's no doubt. Needs they're, columns. They're those. And it just feels, I don't know, it just Does feels it feel like, corporate? Does it feel a little corporate It feels very corporate. Yeah, it feels like New Nashville. And it, like, nothing about it. And I know it's like, you know, and I, I think I replied to the Titans tweet about it. And I said, this feels like New Nashville. And someone was like, well, what do you want? Like, hay bales and out front? Like, yeah, maybe. You know, Actually, like, I don't know. I haven't thought of that. <laughs> Get some bricks or something. You know, make it, build it like the Ryman. Make it, don't make it look like every new build in Nashville. I'm like, I, I, it just feels fake and it, and there's nothing about it that made it feel like Nashville. I, you could take that video that they released. And if you replace the, uh, Ryan Tannehill jerseys that the, the woman is wearing like nine times in the video and the Kevin Byer jerseys. <laughs> and if you could like replace the logos in it, that stadium could be a stadium for any team in the NFL. And that's, yeah. I think, what I had an issue with it. Like, not even like a nothing unique about it. Like, where the Raiders Stadium, they at least have a torch for Al Davis. Like, do something like to make it different. But it's just a it's a freaking top golf with a roof on top. That's what it is. And yeah, I got the corporate vibe too. I mean, it it's it's. I also look at it from the perspective that it, it's going to be hard for them to win over or to re win over. You know, some of the locals that have been pulling for the Titans since they moved here. Like, it, it feels yeah. like they're almost catering to a different audience now. Yes, you know? uh, yes. And that's what it felt like. That's that, it, and that's it, why it, that's why I feel like that's why locals like us feel like a little slighted in yes. the way it looks. And that's the thing. Like, the people that have been in Nashville their entire lives here, I haven't lived there since 2015. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, that grew up in Nashville going to Titans game. It felt like there's nothing it, 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 I don't know. There's no ties to that whatsoever. It, it, um, it almost is like a, and it's not like I'm being a dramatic, but it's almost like, what are we not good enough? Like, did you not like the way that yeah. we are? You, now, right. now you're trying yeah, to look right. like the San Francisco stadium. I, I like, yeah, what are, you, what are you trying to tell us, Titans? Are you trying to tell us that we don't matter? Or the Ram, okay. the Rams stadium, I guess I should have said. But we, yeah, we put exactly. up with we we put up with the Mike Munchak era, okay? I'm pretty sure like you should at least uh, pay it back to us. I and look, hand raised. This is the most Brentwood take I could ever give on this podcast. It is. Uh, it, I, I'm complaining that my daddy got me a new Land Rover with black leather interior when I specifically wanted tan leather. <laughs> that is funny. Uh, I, I know it's going to look incredible, though, when it's up. And I'm, I'm going to love it. Because even if it's a, a shack on the side of the road, if the Titans are playing there, I'm going to defend it with my life. I'm going to defend their honor. Uh, I'm going to go to as many games as I can. Like, 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna fall in love with this place. There's no doubt. You look, you bring up a great point. The the second I step foot in that building, I'm gonna cream my pants. It's not. I'm gonna it's make, not up I, for I'm debate. Gonna, I'm gonna send a picture to all my friends. Be like, oh my god. I'm gonna dude, be like, this is don't you wish you had America. a stadium like this? Exactly. Yeah. We're all gonna do uh, that. But for now, yeah. it's okay to complain. But you know what? When I tailgate, I'll bring out, I'll bust out a a, hail, a a bale of hay. Which is there even gonna be parking? I don't even know where people are gonna park. There's gonna be nowhere to park uh, with this building, but. I guess that's neither here nor there. That's a that's a that sounds like a tomorrow problem. Okay, uh, Jack, we need to get out of here. This this uh, episode has been much longer than we even intended for it to be. But hope you got something out of it. Or actually, no, I hope you didn't get anything out of it because that's what we <laughs> strive to deliver here on the Tighten Up Podcast. If you liked what you heard, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review. Get, uh, leave four and a half stars to the Tighten Up Idiots and 0.5 stars to Buck. We appreciate you guys so much. Honestly, uh, you guys are fantastic listeners. Um, and and we, um, oh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Tighten Up Pod. You can follow the show on Instagram at Tighten Up Podcast. Hopefully, we're we're gonna get some more content, more more videos uh, turned out as uh, the off season um, steps into way. I know that's like the worst time to like turn out content, but um, that's when time frees up. It, we we get a little more time on our hands in the off season. So hopefully, we'll be able to turn out some great content. So make sure you are following. Follow Jack on Twitter at Jack A. Dentry. You can follow me on Twitter at Austin Huff. Um, let me know um, or, or let us know, uh, you know, what you love and what you don't love about the podcast or where we're wrong and or why Jeff Fisher wouldn't work as the Titans' next head coach. Jack, you got anything for the road? This episode was good for my soul. This, this felt like old times. No guests. Just two guys talking into the void, complaining yeah. about things that we don't need to be complaining about. But sure. they matter. They, the little things matter to us. This this took me back. This was a nostalgic soap. Okay. Well, look, we're looking forward to many more nostalgic soaps this offseason. As Jack and I get ready in a couple of months, enter our fourth year on this podcast. That's insane. Pretty crazy. It is wild. Um, we have seen the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows. And uh, we appreciate all of you who have uh, joined us along the way. Seriously, it, it does mean the world to us that you listen to this really stupid podcast. Um, you follow A to Z Sports on all the socials at A to Z Sports. All right. With all that said, until next week. Tighten up. Tighten up. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans.